0: Welcome back to the Final Whistle podcast.
1: Time to run!
2: Hey guys, welcome back to the Final Whistle. Thanks for tuning in. Please pay the fee by tagging your rugby league friends and sharing our podcast. Tonight we will recap round fifteen. We have our normal round the ground segment. I will preview around 16, and we'll finish our podcast with a Willy Tong interview. How are we going, Fifey? Yeah,
1: mate, pretty good.
2: Beautiful, uh, beautiful weather
1: here, is it? Uh, it's getting there. It's getting there. It's still cold of a morning when you get up to go drive trucks at 5 o'clock in the morning. But
2: yeah, once the it, sun
1: comes out, it's not too bad, is it? No, nah, 100%. Once the sun's up, it's, it's jumpers and, and whatnot off, and in your shorts and shirts. That's
2: it. We'll call you iron around 15.
1: Oh, I'm going to take a different step here. I'm going to talk about the reserve. Great players, you know, the ones that are still top 30, signed to the NRLs and, you know, they're they're their third, second, third strings in their positions or they've been dropped. And just how approachable they are, um, you know, North Sydney and Warriors on the weekend. You know, the amount of players like Drew Hutchison just being dropped, you know, just got beat on the sideline talking to people. You know, uh, and Isaac Luke, yeah, everyone was after him and even my boy, my boy got a selfie with him, you know, being a South Sydney supporter and, and Isaac playing South Sydney in the year that they won the uh, premiership. So and it's just, yeah, they're, they're highly approachable and, you know, you think that you know, they'll be dirty because they've been dropped and or, or that they can't crack the first grade side and they wouldn't have, have the time of day for you, but they're really, really, really approachable and it's good to see that in the rugby league game. Especially in the lower grades. What's caught your eye, bud?
2: Um, yeah, that was, it's great to see. Yeah, I can see Jack selfie there on Facebook. Um, caught my eye it was two penalties for the dropout violations. <coughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, it's, 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 yeah, they get close and close and close every week, and then finally two was given on the weekend, and two in one two in one round. I thought, yeah, that's what's caught my eye this week. So um, a bit left field sort of thing we harp on about referees and other funny things but that's what caught my eye because surely you're looking at that big screen and counting down the times and you're kicking the ball when it gets to five <coughs> seconds not when it's down to th- three two and one or you know i think the broncos they were like it, it went off before i even kicked it
1: <laughs> yeah there was one there was one day where it was in the act of kicking and they still blew it uh as billy Aragon said it's the act of kicking that the, they've bounced the ball and they're swinging it's happening so yeah
2: Awesome, mate. Uh, Origin teams um, have been named for Game 3. So, you know, we have New South Wales unchanged from Game 2. Um, you know, Freddie stated that Clear will be fit. He's got every confidence in him that he'll get the job done. Um, he also confirmed um, if Sims doesn't be discharged, then Clemmer will come in. Uh, but I also saw Madison train with the boys. Um, your thoughts in the New South Wales side?
1: My thoughts is that Clemmer comes straight back in here regardless. You know, he was injured. Uh, he's he's the current Australian prop. He's had thirty odd games between Australia and New South Wales and Freddie was gonna leave him out. I I don't get that. Um, you know, it would have been easy as Clemmer back into into half, Safety onto the bench, and one of the bench players drop off. Um yeah, you know, unless there's injuries there the players that are regulars there and that make the meters that Clemmer do come straight in. Um yeah clearly i don't i don't think you he, he'll be right ish you know that was a, it was a massive massive um ligament and and cartilage damage there in the ankle i kind of like wade graham playing the second half in the f- uh, five eight in the second game and i dare say that'll be the same way they go
2: yeah another big another big man in, in the defensive line uh also he's a left foot kicker he did start his career at five eight so he um, he doesn't know how to play that second receiver role sort of thing. Um, Queensland made three changes, mate. Um, Ponga, Wallace, Napa out. Corey Norman and Welsh will make their debuts. Uh, and Joe Offengowie uh, comes back in for missing game two uh, due to injury. Walters didn't name one to 17. A uh, bit of mind games there. Uh, Ethan Lowe and AJ Brimson caught into the, into the camp for 18th and 19th man. Mate, who's playing five eight and who's playing uh, full back? Sorry,
1: full back will be Cameron Munster. Five eight will be Corey Norman. Michael Morgan will play in the centres. Uh, that's 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 the gist of it. Um, the reason why he hasn't named the one to seventeen is, uh, I think early on he didn't know. But you know, I, I think that's the way it'll go. Munster will go to full back, which is even more deadly than what he is in five eight at the moment. Like the amount of attacking prowess and and the fullback nowadays is basically.
2: Second
1: five eight. Another another five eight, you know. Well, you look at it on the field now, you've got your your, your hooker that can jump out and play hards if you have to. You have your half back, you have your five eight, you know, you you'd like to have a ball playing lock and then you have a ball playing fullback as well. There's choices all over the park. But yeah, fullback will be Cameron Munster, five eight will be Corey Norman and Michael Morgan will play centre again.
2: Awesome. Um I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> Munster was at training today. He, was, uh, he lined up at fullback. He was catching bombs from Terry and, and Norman, so um, I don't think the mind games or yeah, you can hide the cameras away sort of thing. doesn't matter who plays there. it's um, going to have to have a, uh, a big game to fill the boots of Caelan um, Ponga. Um, that's it, guys. That's the intro for um, round 16 um, of the podcast. Stay tuned for the recap of last week, and that was round 15.
1: All right, recap round 15. An individual piece of brilliance from Michael Cheekham has helped secure West Tigers a nail-biting 14-9 victory over South Sydney at Bankwest Stadium on Thursday night. Bunnies took a 9-8 lead through the boot of Adam Reynolds with six minutes remaining, but Cheekham did it all himself for the second time this season. There's still a win for the joint venture, splitting bunnies, uh, past the Bunnies, number seven, in the following set and racing 40 metres to the line. The result was the Bunnies' full floss on the trot and compounded a disappointing night for the club with the immediate future of George Burgess under a cloud after the prop was placed on report for an alleged eye gouge on Robbie Farrer early in that contest. Burgess was cited for making contact with Farrah's face before the West Tigers veteran made a complaint to referee Adam G, who placed the 27-year-old on report. Second time in eight months that Burgess has come under scrutiny for contact with the eyes of an opponent. The Ravido's prop was suspended for four weeks last year playing for England against the Kiwis after being found guilty of a contrary conduct charge on Dallin Wateni Zelezniak. man in the match for this match was Corey Thompson with one try, five tackle busts, 16 runs for 160 metres. Ten, 10 try. Ten, ten and one start. Uh, ten and one start, first 11 games now. Four losses on the trot. Who do you put this down to for the Rabbitohs, mate?
2: Um, I think it comes down to um, a lot of suspension, a lot of injury, uh, and the origin toll. Um, I'm not sure how how deep their their depth is, but at the moment um, they're getting pulled they're getting pulled pillar to post, I suppose. Um, but like I said, th- going on to uh, Burgess, he's um, looking at you know six weeks minimum. Um, they're saying they're probably going to throw the book out and give him 10 weeks. Uh, whatever he gets, um, he needs to cop a significant band because he's done it more often than, than not. Um, but yeah, i just put it down to, um, you know, they had a the luxury of hardly any injuries, hardly any suspensions, but all the injuries, all the suspensions come at the wrong period of time and all the origins are not there. So that's what I'm putting it down to. Jerome, uh, here we go. A second out of the, yeah, the second game... Uh, from last week. Uh, Lattimore had to ditch a ride um, and jump on the back of a motorbike uh, and Matt to ride just before warm up after a, a fatal accident in Wollongong caused chaos, but the pair played key roles in St. George. It was 22-14 defeat um, over North Queensland in Wollongong. The Dragons had the worst start possible um, with their preparation as players and coaching staff um, arriving late after a 10-vehicle truck and car accident, in which two people died and nine were injured, closed the M1 Princess motorway near Wollongong in both directions. In a change um, forward, Lattimore abandoned his car on the side of the road and, and did hitch uh, a ride on the back of a, of a motorcycle and got to the stadium on time, Dufty only arrived 25 minutes before kick-off. Uh, The Dragons coach, uh, Paul McGregor, was affected by the traffic chaos, um, which gridlocked all roads around Wollongong and members of Fox Sports and ABC Radio uh, teams arriving within minutes to spare uh, before kick-off and took up to three hours' drive from Sydney. Referee uh, Henry Perinara uh, got to the stadium only 30 minutes before kick-off after driving from Parramatta. Man, the match did go to the Sydney traffic. Um, McGregor told... Has told Paul Green to zip his mouth in the post-match press conference in relation to comments about Tarek Sims, um, Tarek Sims on the tackle of Morgan. Um, do you like these comments, Fifey, and did the rest get the call right?
1: Yeah, um, coaches talking in press match conferences about tackles and that, whether or not it has any impact on uh, on the decision by the match review committee i I like to see it though uh, it's good to see coaches actually talking and not towing the normal corporate bullshit line uh, I think Mary's had enough of it um, I think Paul Paul Green might have said something to Freddie as well earlier on a bit about State of Origin as well so it's um yeah it's good to see that did the rest get the the call right about the tackle half a dozen of the other Um, yeah we've gone on to the second Friday night match Melbourne first summited a mountain of defence and now find themselves a giddy 6 points clear at the top of the NRL ladder after trumping the Roosters 14-12 in Adelaide the Storm's 6th win on the trot through the representative period was by no means their previous but without doubt their most telling as they weathered a heavy first-half assault from the Premiers and then a late salvo spurred by Latrell Mitchell. The Adelaide outing was Mitchell's first since being dumped from New South Wales' origin duty and came with Blues coach Brad Fittler, a keen observer, on the sideline. They now sit three wins clear of the Roosters and the Rabbitohs, who are on 20 points. The furthest the team has resided ahead of their rivals at point. At this point in the season, since the Storm last pulled it off in 2012. And also, just want to state as well, the team that has won this match in the last two years have gone on and lost the grand final. So, going off that form, Roosters back-to-back look very good, doesn't it? <laughs> My uh, prediction. Yeah, a prediction. Roosters were poor, only completing at 65%. Men, in the match went to... Ryan Papperhausen with one try, one line break, five tackle busts, 27 runs for 257 metres. Are the Storm the red-hot favourites to win the cocktail?
2: Um, yes, they are. The winning games. I believe the winning game's pretty. They're winning games, turned, uh, only turning up half-courts. Um, the, you know, they've won games during Origin period. Um... Whatever Bellamy is doing down there, uh, he's the master. And to sit six points clear, uh, you know, 15 rounds in, mate, if you're not calling the Red Hot favorites at the moment, um, there's something not right there. Three in a row, now for the Seagulls. Two Manly teams turn up to easily account for the Titans on Saturday. Which one emerges in September will determine whether they are premiership dark horse or an easy beat in week one. With the forge rolling, um, Jake Tavares in completing control of the middle, and DCE and Tommy T hunting space on the edges for 40 minutes. The Seagulls looked all the world a team with top four aspirations. They scored four tries and led 20 to two at half time Yet coughed and spluttered their way to the finish line in the second half, 10 all, and um, coming that was have been 30 to 12 in front of um, a pretty decent crowd there. Um, in the Gold Coast Titans team, um, were never truly in the. The Titans team was never truly in the contest. Man the match went to Syroden, two tries, two offloads, three line breaks, three tackle busts, eighteen tackles, fifteen runs, one hundred and fourteen meters. And
1: only played seventy minutes.
2: And also <laughs> played his hundredth game in a real game. A blindsided Gareth Brennan has expressed his uh, dismay at a substandard Gold Coast. Titans' performance against the Manning Sea Eagles, that he said at times amounted in the game, it was boys against men. Is this a fair statement from their coach, Fifey?
1: Oh, yes and no. Like you know, coach coaches aside for a match. The boys have to go out and play it. Um, are the boys not playing to the best of their ability, or are they being coached poorly? Uh, you know, Gar Brandon comes with a lot of a lot of wins in the lower grades. Although a lot of wins in the lower grades look good on your CV, yeah, you know, most of his wins and, and premierships came from an under-20 side in a competition that was basically a glorified touch football side because it was points galore. Um, you know, defence wins games, and the Titans just weren't defending hard enough. Now, whether or not it's the boys turning up soft cocked and hard and half done, or whether or not the coach is trying to overcomplicate things, and then you know he has an outlet where he can rev the boys up and he calls them boys against men. In saying that, the second half was a was a much better for the Titans, but it was also crap for the Manly. So whether or not Titans turned up or whether or not Manly fell asleep, yeah, you, you know no. Uh, no idea what's going on there, but I dare say their their uh, Mad Monday and off season celebrations now, like clearly in their head, and having Ash Taylor back soon won't help them. So you know, if I was Ash Taylor, I'll take the rest of the season off to find find footy again and come back next year stronger and prove to us why he's getting paid a million dollars. On to the next game for Saturday. No Ponga, no worries. Newcastle overcame the late. A mission of Callum Ponga and a chaotic second half to secure a frantic 26 12 victory over the Broncos at McDonald's Stadium on Saturday night in front of a robust and loud Knights crowd. The Knights delivered a near perfect first half to race to an 18 0 lead with a 9 3 penalty count against them, it was the only concern for Nathan Brown going into the half time break. A second half full of errors and ill-discipline sent shockwaves through the strong crowd. The Broncos capitalised to narrow the lead by eight and remain in the game until a couple of late tries sealed the game. Men of the match went to Clemmer. 18 runs, 205 metres, 85 post contact, 42 tackles with zero missed and no errors in a return three weeks early with a broken wrist. That's pretty good effort. Is Seabulb out of his death at Red Hill, Dale?
2: I believe he is. Um, the whole Milford Boyd swap and change thing didn't work. Um Boyd cut tackle his way out of a wet paper bag. Um, it was interesting that, you know, we've been calling we've been calling for O'Sullivan for a while, but he even he looks out of his depth there, the way that he performed at the roosters, second to none compared to what what is up there. Don't know what's going on. Uh there's a lot of player movement. I understand that seabod wants to get the players in that he wants. Um sort of thing, so that's all in well good. Um you know, we've been saying that, you know, Darius Boyd should be dropped for a while now, but they they can't drop him, they've got no players. Um and also, Ennis has come out and actually given a spray and said that does is just turning up for a paycheck? Does he really want to play? He's his head there. Um,
1: well, he's in his twilight years, so he's
2: got like, two years in his contract, mate. So
1: yeah, twilight years. <laughs> so
2: he's are almost paying almost paying two million dollars in the next two and a half years. You know what I mean? So, anyways, um, yeah, he's out of his depth. Um, like I said, the
1: grass is not always greener on the other side, and he probably should have stayed at South Sydney. Well, he wanted to stay there until the end of this year, but Bennett had his way and got, there, got it around, and you can only see it. Uh, I, I, I still stand by my statement earlier in this year that Wayne Bennett half-cocked half, half, half cocked the Broncos in pre-season, and Sebo went hard-ass and and really pushed the Rabbitohs. Yeah, and the Rabbitohs have hit, hit the wall at the moment. They're still doing a lot better than the Broncos.
2: And the set final game on Saturday... Parramatta planted themselves back in the top eight by not panicking when the Raiders jumped out of the gates early, reeling them back in from a 16 of deficit to win, 22-16, in Darwin. Eels getting back-to-back wins since round two. Canberra were aiming for a four-straight win after accounting for the dogs, tigers, and sharks. But the wet-cold... The scent... scent-wet-cold... Northern Territory. It was humid human up there. They kept um, harping on about it. I was like, surely it's not that hot. But then you look at the players and the scrums absolutely dripping off them. Um, Raiders coach Ricky Stewart didn't hold back in his team, letting 16-0 slip through their fingers by describing the 22-16 loss uh, in Darwin as their worst performance of the year. We only played for 30 minutes. That was our worst 50 minutes of football in a few years. Um... It was, it was was a bludger of the match, um, but both teams did complete under 70%, 26 total errors, 74 missed tackles, loads of penalties. Um, yeah, it was humid, but um, conditions up there, but these guys get paid lots of money to to deliver a better performance than they did. Uh, in the losing side, we've given in the match to um, CNK. One try, one offload, one line break, five tackle bust, 27 runs to 290 metres. Um, are the Raiders of old creeping back into this 2019 side?
1: No, not really, because, you know, you look at it, other than Melbourne, all top four have hit a bump. Roosters haven't had the best in the last month, and neither have South, so it's not it's not a, a panic station yet. If they were to do it the next two weeks, then you'd want to start thinking about it. But, uh, you know, Parramatta put on 3-2 unanswered points to get back in the lead of that match. That's uh that's something, you know, for to, to, to harp on about, you know, Parramatta are actually pretty good this this round.
2: you couldn't even I couldn't even tell you the, the last time that Parramatta come back from more than sixteen points and one in a match.
1: Not off the top of my head, no. It's 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 good to see though. It's good to see the players. So actually so actually I play. some of my Parramatta
2: fans texted me and he said turning it off text bet full time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how much that's how much confidence they had in their side.
1: Yeah, no, it's good. All right, on to Sunday. And this match is a huge talking point. Clutch Maloney. Penrith have kept their NRL hopes alive for the finals with a heart-stopping win over the Warriors in extra time against 15 men at Mount, Mount Smart Stadium on Sunday. There was plenty of controversy in regulation time, but James Maloney's boot proved the difference in Penrith's 1918 win, now in a pressure field goal in the dying seconds of the first period of extra time to seal the win. The Panthers were on the wrong end of two Simbing calls that saw them briefly reduced to 11 men early in the second half, a period that included a contentious decision to award a try to David Fusatua despite the Warriors' winger appearing to put a hand in the touch before grounding the ball. Another mistake by the referees. Man of the match goes to James Maloney. Two try assists, one line break assist, four tackle bust, 17 runs and uh, 433 metres and the winning kick, uh, the winning field goal and giving his boots out to two disabled boys that absolutely adore him from his time in the Warriors and then posing for photos afterwards. A true gentleman of the game, Dale.
2: Yeah, I actually saw that on Facebook. Yeah. Great scenes out there in Mount Smart Stadium.
1: Back-to-back back wins for uh, winning 1918 for the Panthers with the same person kicking the winning field goal. Has this happened before? I think so. Corey Norman. And are the refs getting stood down after this poor performance? And I think we both know that answer, Dale. They're being promoted to bloody state of origin free.
2: <laughs> I um I didn't actually watch this game. I was actually at a christening and first birthday. Um, I was listening to it in the car, um, and then when when Penrith went down to eleven, I actually turned it off, um, and I thought I'll just check the score at four o'clock when I put the, the Dogs game on, and then I put the Dogs game on Lady, the Lady he's kicking a field goal. Um, yeah, handy the touch, very obvious. Um, Jerome Luai and RTS. He drops the ball, and they, yeah, he did trip him, but it was they both ran into each other. So that was bizarre. Um, And I can't remember the first. The first one was just too many penalties, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, pretty sure. Just, they're... The
2: thing is, this is where the NRL go wrong. They...
1: They come out post-match and say, hey...
2: Now, what's going wrong is... The referees for the first probably four or five weeks were perfect. No one was harping on them. And then what they do every year is they change rules mid-season.
1: Or ask them to ask or, them to, to, ask to identify him. another area where they want to fix up.
2: And then now you don't have to warn the captain that they've given away too many penalties. How's the captain? He's not he's not counting how many penalties are given away. So I feel that and the nights were hard done by yes we did give 14 penalties away and 10 in the first half or whatever it was but, but you yeah. got us, the captain's going to be hey <coughs> mate look
1: can't keep this. the way we were taught when we were ref- when we were learning the referee and whatnot is you give away four penalties in a row in quick succession you call the captain out you go to define final warning of giving you four penalties the next one is going to sit down And then if the next one comes within the next few minutes, bang, see you later, sit down. Taking away your warning to the captain, you know, it's stupid. Bringing the captain out after four penalties or five penalties in a row and warning him, that there lets the fans know that, hey, they've been warned. So if there's the next one that comes... It's going to go, you know, you're not just refereeing for the players there. It's the reason why they have the, the calls of the head high, offside. It's a hand gesture so you, the fan that's sitting 150 metres away in the grandstand knows what the hell's going on without having an ear an earpiece in his ear listening to the NRL ears. It's the reason why there are hand signals for a reason. You, you're not just communicating with the players and the coaches, you're communicating with the, the loyal fans of the game. And the fact of the matter is that these referees, and I hate to harp on referees and I hate to bag the referees, they are getting paid top top dollar, and they're actually after a pay rise, but top dollar to referee the game. Not to be the centrepiece of the game and to be the talking point after the game. The talking point after the game should be the big hits, the great try-scoring feats from the wingers, and we have some incredible wingers in the game, and it should be moments like maloney if he's doing a field goal in the last kind of seconds to win the game for his team we shouldn't have spoken about the players being sent to the simbing and we shouldn't have been speaking about stupid calls by referees because they think it is what it is the luai one it's come out done it wrong so what do we do we won't sit. We won't sit the the you know, the referees out. that made the blinders, and both Ashley Klein and Gerard Sutton made absolute hurlers over the weekend. We won't sit them down. We won't demote them, but we'll go and promote them to to origin free centre refs. Now, my good mate that I became mates with through Penrith referees, Ricky McFarlane. Remember, he got stood down for the debacle that happened. Earlier on in the year, I can't remember if it was it was a Cowboys game. I couldn't. I don't. I think it might have might, the have, McDonald's might have been the Ned McDonald's. He got stood down for three weeks, right? Three weeks in a row. The referee got stood down, but not stood down entirely. He got stood down from a from a main ref to a pocket ref, and then still had a contentious call in that following match, which was the Roosters and Storms match, the first time around. So you know, like getting. There's two sets of rules there in regards to people being dropped. If you're dropped, you're dropped, you do reserve grade, you've got to do at least a minimum of two good performances before you get back to first grade. Um, you know, referees have got to be held, held accountable. Um, like I said, we don't like bagging the referees out too much, but when hurlers like that happen on the weekend, we're going to talk about it. Dale, you want to finish up the last game on the weekend, mate?
2: The Bulldogs have held on to a gritty 14-12 upset win over the Sharks despite losing senior playmaker Kieran Forum to a hamstring strain in the first half. Forum was in everything as the Dogs raced out to an early lead before being forced off and while the Sharks finish up, outscoring the home side three tries to two after a raft of errors and three missed conversions proved costly. Uh, Canterbury rookie, Brendan Wakeham, made his uh, NRL debut, and he will remember this, after receiving a late call-up due to um, the 11th hour, Reese Martin signed with Leeds. Um, so Wakeham did play for Fiji in last week's um, win over Lebanon. Um, he had only been called up into the squad um, a couple of hours before kick-off. Um, because that June 30 deadline was on on Sunday. The Sharks only completed at 62%, made 16 errors and missed 24 tackles. Man the match, Hopawadi one try, three offloads, six tackle bust, 13 tackles, 24 runs for 172 metres. Fifey, Sharks slow starts to matches. Are they slowly catching up on Um
1: uh, No, really They haven't had too many slow starts to the season. Um, I think I can only pick off three of of memory, this one being one of them. No, the the status were flat. I don't think they were really ready for a a Bulldogs side that actually turned up to play. And you saw it at the full time. Bulldogs fans, they nearly fell out of their chairs. They actually realised they won the match. Uh, Brendan Wakeham's going to be a player of the future. It's good to see him make his NRL debut and uh looks like he'll be there this week as well because Kieran Foran's got the, another hamstring injury. Um, so, you know, I think it's almost time for Kieran Foran to give the game up. What's that, four hamstrings in the last two and a half years? Yeah,
2: his body's taken a toll, hasn't it? Your play of the round, mate?
1: Yeah, my play of the round... It's a tough one. I think um, I enjoyed... Uh, I enjoyed James Maloney, He's returned to form over the last couple of weeks, and then you know, backing up from Origin, it was really good. 100%. Uh, yeah, he, he you know he didn't chuck a hissy with his snob in game one. Just kept at his game, and they brought him back for game two, and he showed why, and he proved it again. So, well, who was your t- player on the mate?
2: No, oh, I pick uh, Corey Thompson. He's a, isn't he, an unsung hero, mate. He um, does all the one percenters that no, one, that no one sees. He turns up and gives hundred ten percent every week. Um, he's batting above his weight. It was the eighty kilos, four foot nothing, ring and <laughs> wet, uh, ring wet. So, um, yeah, my I take my hat off to him, he throws his whole body out. He's a competitor. He, he's, he's a winner. Um, so he, he's my player around. What about your team around, mate? You got Parramatta. Coming back
1: from 16, you it down. Yeah, 22 on answer points. First time since round two that they've gone back to back and they showed a good nerve, I guess. You know, they could have just packed it up and let Canberra run out massively, but they turned it around and came back. What about yours, mate?
2: I can't go past the storm. They're just classed above everyone else at the moment. They just keep rolling on and rolling on. And they'll be there um come late september maybe first sunday in october as well um chips mate how'd you go
1: uh, i think four or five out of eight i yeah, think i think five. got four we're both, we're
2: both we're both in the in the top ten
1: still Yeah, i told you and
2: six points off the lead we're uh, catching
1: what's her name uh we're catching christy she's, she's she knows that we're hunting her and we're coming for her um yeah, it's, I, I had a, a few more poor rounds than I expected this year, but slowly getting my head around it and we are moving.
2: Awesome, that is the recap of round 15. Uh, stay tuned for Rugby League Around the Grounds.
1: Evening, guys. Weekly Around the Grounds. We'll start off with Canterbury Cup. Panthers, uh, Panthers lost to the Dragons 24 22. The Bears went down to the Warriors 32 10. The Magpies lost to the Rabbitohs, 34-16. Bulldogs went down to the Jets. Uh, Bulldogs got up against the Jets, sorry, 40-28. Blacktown Workers' Seagulls defeated Knights, 36-20. And the Magpies defeated Mounties, 38-34, in a close encounter. Bulldogs are on top of the ladder after Round 15. Dragons are followed, sorry, Round 16. Rabbitohs are third, Panthers are fourth, Mounties are fifth. Western Suburb Magpies at sixth, North Sydney Bears seventh, and the Jets round out the eight. There's no results or, or a draw for Ron Massey, Sydney Shield, or the Newcastle Business Plaza Cup as the New South Wales Pioneers, a team that's made up from the Newcastle and the Ron Massey Sydney Shield teams. First, um, the Queensland side up there that, of, of a similar nature and I'm pretty sure I saw the results New, uh, New South Wales got up on that one too so good on to the, to the Pioneers there. On the jersey flag, Dragons went down to Panthers 24-16, Bulldogs defeated Sharks 36, Knights whopped the uh, Manly Seagulls 52-8, Warriors defeated North Sydney 26-24. That was a close one. Uh, Eels lost to the Raiders 28-16. Roosters defeated the Thunderbolts 22-10. And that one was played out of North Sydney Oval after the Canterbury Cup fixture. And West Tigers defeated Rabbitohs 38-24. The latter sees the Sharks on top. Roosters, followed by Knights, Panthers, Bulldogs, Raiders, uh, Rabbitoh's Raiders and the Dragons lead the eight around uh, the eight out there. Harvey Norman Women's Premiership was also played over the weekend. Uh, Bulldogs went down heavily to CRL Newcastle 44 2. St Mary's lost to Carramatta 24 20. Magpies went down to Mounties 30 0. West Tigers defeated the Rabbitoh's 18 10. And the North Sydney Bears defeated the Brothers Girls 34-0. The latter sees CRL Newcastle on tie. Oh, it was a four-way tie for the for, uh, first spot, and points difference separates them. So CRL Newcastle on 16, Mounties on 16, Sharks on 16, Bears on 16. Then it's West Tigers on 10, Saints on 10, Magpies on 8, and the Rabbitohs round out the 8 with 8 points. On to our local junior fixtures, Dale, which you have some there.
2: Yeah, so Green Anchor Tigers, they send through their results every week, we love it. Um, Under 9, Division 1, they defeated St. Christopher's, 28-24. Under 9, Division 2, they defeated Chester Hill Hornets, 28-20. Under 10, 1s, they defeated Chester Hill Hornets, 14-12. Under 10, 2s, they defeated Bankstown Sports, 32-14. Under 11-1s they had a bye, under 11-2s they lost on forfeit, under 12 Division 1 they lost to St. George Dragons 16-0, the 12-2s won on forfeit against Bankstown Sports, the 13 Gold um, defeated St. Christopher 22-16, the 14 Silver they defeated Moorbank Rams, 18-16. 18-16. There is no result for the 15 gold and the 16 silver. In the open gold, um, they defeated Narraveen Sharks 26-22. Open silver, they defeated All Saints, Toon Gabby 20-18. In the 16 silver women, they lost to Irncliff Scots, 40-8. Uh, that was a heavy defeat there. and the under-14 silver women, and um, they defeated. they got defeated by Milpera Colts 26-14. Under 10, Division 1, St. Mary's, defeated Doomside 36-0. Man yeah. the match went to Robert Elmer.
1: There's another uh, grand final rematch. Naomi was letting us know about that one.
2: Thank you, Naomi. Under 14-1. Doomside defeated St. Clair 28-12. Man of the match went to Genesis. And
1: we're gonna get Mal on, hopefully, in the next week or uh, next couple of weeks. We're we're really busy, but next time we're in in the office here we might get him in
2: um, my nephew's side under the six sixes glenmore park and brothers had a 32-year draw man and match went to kevin to all the little brothers out there i'll be out to, i'll be out to watch your final game of the season versus Dune side on the 20th of july um over to holland um some overseas result, mate amsterdam cobras defeated um, Den Haag knights 44 20. um those two will meet again in the grand final on the 13th of july um to be crowned um dutch champions yeah and
1: our mate um our welsh wizard eh? Hey? our
2: welsh wizard
1: billy yeah. forrester yeah,
2: forrester he got a meat pie um and he also plays for that side um, so well done mate there um he's gonna
1: which one which one was he from the dang hag nice isn't he yes billy's gonna have to teach us how to speak welsh a bit of the welsh language exactly. i love the. i love to say get pucked in welsh it'd be nice to learn that so billy when you got a time, mate i'm i'm down for it
2: he um he sent me a video. Um, <laughs> he he went to three different countries over the weekend and played footy, and he was give me you know, gave, gave me a snapshot of what everything looks like.
1: Uh, maybe we should do that. Eh? We should we should do a bit of research and see who's who's travelled the furthest, to play the amount of the most amount of football in one weekend.
2: Probably him, mate. Three play <laughs> like, three countries, mate.
1: Oh, we could we could <laughs> play a game here Friday night and go and play another one on Saturday <laughs> and then Sunday. But it even
2: gets better. So in the, <laughs> in this competition. Fourteen.
1: Fourteen, yeah.
2: yeah. And the other game was abandoned. They started the match, and then cricket turned up and kicked them off.
1: Ah, fire out.
2: Um, bizarre scenes. So pitbulls had to forfeit over the dolphins because they couldn't be bothered ringing up to try and find another field. And apparently that those dolphins they travelled an hour and a half to play against these pitbulls. So apparently cricket take over, but but it was, that's crazy.
1: Like you, you, you still need post to kick goals and you need the lines mark. Unbelievable. Yeah it's
2: Unbelievable. 35 degrees there
1: as well on the weekend. i will be like Darwin.
2: <laughs> um in, in, in over in Wales, so North uh, North Wales Crusaders defeated um Keeley and Cougars 146. Uh, and it's back to back wins for the Crusaders there in that in that Welsh comp. Yeah, I
1: think that might be pronounced Kylie. Kylie. Yeah, it yeah. could be Kylie in the Welsh you know, Welsh. You gotta get, you gotta get your Welsh on, mate.
2: Yeah, that's it. Um,
1: your two sides, Fifey, how'd they go? Yeah, so, sixes, it's, like I kept saying, it's, it, it, it's it's hard because you have a couple of ones that want to tackle and the others don't want to tackle, so it was a try-scoring fest. I think it was about 15 tries to 10. My, <laughs> my girl got over for one. There was a monster of a girl on the other team. That's, she was huge, like just tall, and yeah, she tackled everything that moved. As for our other boy, my boys the 12s are sponsored by Zumbrero and Muslim Park and Plumpton and Aloha Irrigation services. Uh, we had a 22 war draw against Paris City Titans. Uh, we started off really good first half was good it was a tale of two halves, so a bit like Manly. second half went a bit skew if uh, to the boys' credit they kept they kept them out when we copped four penalties for ill discipline in the last few minutes. Of the game, um, what I didn't like here though was the coaching staff yelling at the kids at halftime. Like, you know, we were 55 metres away doing our our halftime report, and all my kids were worried about was the coach ripping into them. You know, about about their performance as a way to talk to the kids and get the best out of them. Um, but to the Parramatta City Titans' credit, they actually played a better half in the second half.
2: Yeah, um, we did have a result um, last week for Colts and Colts. can't remember what unders it was. Under um, nines. Yeah, Lady sends it through. Um, she has been sending it through, but she didn't send it through this week because um, there's a bit of an argument at the end. The referee didn't keep the score, and... The coach from their side kept the score, and it was twenty. So it was, should have been twenty-four, or but their coach on the other side was said it was a
1: twenty-six, twenty-four? Was it a accredited, co- accredited referee, or was it just yeah. a club club person? It's not up to the it's not up to the uh, the referee to keep to keep the score of the, of the points that they have. They all have score sheets that they write them down on. So it's actually up to the managers. So it could be in a manage, manager screw up there. Yeah, they're saying that
2: one they thought one conversion was over and it wasn't so it's a bit of controversy that's why she didn't send any results through but hopefully it all works works out well for um, for the cult, for the Colts out there but guys that's um thanks for everyone sending the results in we love it we love the inboxes we love that post we put up every week and they they talk about their sides and they're passionate about doing rugby league just like we are uh, we're just about to jump in the car, we're going to go see um, Willie Tonga, so stay tuned for that interview, um, it's going to be a cracker, uh, and obviously we can't wait to, to get him on our podcast, thank you.
1: And we're going
2: to- Tonight we chat with Willie Tonga, who played 12 tests for Australia, represented Queensland on 8 occasions, played 181 NRL games for the Eels, Dogs, Cowboys before moving to the Super League in 2015. Welcome to the final whistle, bro, how are you going?
0: I'm good, thanks boys, how are you
1: Good, good, mate. Mate, what are you doing with yourself now that you're retired from NRL?
0: I'm working at Kari. It's a Indigenous Foster Care Agency. They're based in Liverpool. They've got a. They've got an office in Rosebury. They've got an office in Penrith as well. And yeah, I'm doing a bit of mentoring as well. So I, I mentor one of the young kids at Bonneridge High School. Yep. Every Tuesday I'll go there and spend an hour and a half, two hours there with him.
1: Yeah, so what's your your role there? So obviously working with the young Indigenous community, and so just give you a bit of a background. Yeah, my role is
0: uh, community project officer, so trying to get out in the community, promote healthy living, promote healthy lifestyle. But my main passion is to help young Indigenous kids um and young young sorry pacific islander kids as well yep uh their full potential and and reach their dreams
2: oh nice awesome mate! you want to give a shout out to your junior league club who'd you play for
0: uh my first club was kutamundra bulldogs and my second club who i played uh the rest of my career with or my juniors with was
1: Sherbrooke Hornets up in Queensland. Oh, nice. Sherbrooke, that's where Chrissy Sandow comes from up there, isn't he? He's up from there as well.
0: Yep,
1: correct. Nice. Uh, So, as a kid, who did you support and your idols that you grew up idolising? I
0: was born in Canberra. Yep. And I cop a lot of shit from that because... Uh, because I played for Queensland.
1: Yeah. Oh, but yeah, yeah.
0: the rule was back then, that's where you play your first... Representative game. Um, I, I think...
1: Over 16?
0: Yeah, your, your first, uh... Oh, what's it called? Senior... Over,
1: yeah, 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 senior fixture, senior senior yeah. Yeah,
0: first senior game. So, that's where I played it, was at Cherbourg, and, um, I then, you know, became a Queensland supporter. Um... I think, had I not played for Queensland, I don't think that I would have gotten chosen in the to New, South, play Wales for New South Wales. At the time, there was Matt Kidley, Mark Gaznia, Matt Cooper, Jamie Lyon, Tamati Tahu. So uh, it worked out perfect.
1: Yeah, you got you got your shot up yeah. in Queensland, you still got yourself on the big stage.
0: Yeah,
2: hundred yeah. percent. So you played rugby union um, at Matraville High. How would you end up switching coach back to Rugby League?
0: The reason I played Rugby Union was because my dad's a pastor. So we weren't allowed to play Rugby League on a Sunday. We had to go to mm-hmm. church. Yeah. And Rugby Union was a Saturday game. Mm-hmm. still is. So,
1: yes. Oh, for kids. it's, it's Oh, no, yeah, sorry. Kids are swapped now. Yeah, sorry.
0: Oh, they swapped?
1: Yeah, so kids now play on a Sunday and the adults play on a Saturday. So Yeah, right. Yeah, so it's it's changed since you were a kid see how yeah, lot, yeah, it's often yeah. it's changed but yeah go, go on off. yeah
0: so I um, I got into rugby union when I was 13 uh, yeah because I wasn't allowed to play rugby league you <laughs> had to go to church I had to go to church and it it got to a point where I thought <clears throat> I was going to go down that route uh, to be um, well, wanting to play Rugby Union over Rugby League. Yeah. Um, I-, I preferred playing Rugby Union over Rugby League. I was getting picked for representative teams um, for rugby and I wasn't getting a look-in for Rugby League. And I was told um, the reason why I wasn't getting a look-in was because they knew that I wasn't allowed to play Sundays. Yeah. Um, as I got older, and it, it sort of made sense. There's no use picking someone if they're not allowed to play on a Sunday. Yeah, no, um, for sure. So, yeah, went to Montreal High School for one year, played rugby union there, played for uh, a team in Coogee on the weekends, and when I moved up to sherbourg I played rugby league, um... On a Saturday, and then sometimes I double up and play uh, rugby union after that. Oh
2: yeah, no cool. Still play centre in rugby union? Yeah, I
0: play centre or um, fly half. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll nice. I just get the ball as much as I can and just <laughs> don't pass. <laughs> That's so, it.
1: As you just mentioned, you know, your, your dad was a pastor, so uh, give us a bit of your upbringing about growing up with your parents working around in the Aboriginal missionaries.
0: Yeah, so. We went to Bible college, or my mum and dad went to Bible college in Cootamundra for two years. Uh, The third year was the prac year where they had to go out and... um, which we were were sent to, not sent, but uh, we were asked to go to Labaroos and do a year out there. So that was the third year of prac, and then um, they graduated Bible college. Yep. And then got asked to go up to Sherbrooke. Um, And so with my dad being Tongan, my mother's Aboriginal, and with Sherbrooke being an Aboriginal community, it was... I'm not sure what their thought process was, but I don't think it was common for a Tongan pastor to be the head pastor of a church in an Aboriginal community. Oh, yeah. But when we went up there... The respect that we got from the people that lived in Sherbrooke was amazing. Um, you know, I, I can't say um, enough about how much you know. I'm, I'm proud to have lived there. Yep. You know, I, I still speak to the boys to this day uh, that I went to high school with up in Sherbrooke. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie, some of the stuff that I saw, um, you know, Young kids shouldn't should never see. I wasn't exposed to that, you know, prior to yep. moving to Sherbrooke. You know, I've said this on on other you know platforms or whatever that it was common to see women walk around with black eyes.
1: Mm.
0: It was common to see girls come to school fourteen, fifteen with black eyes, but. You know, teachers didn't say anything, um, you know, and nobody on the, in the community said anything. It was just... Natural. That was just the norm. Yeah, yeah, yeah just thing. But I'm thinking, thing. you know, as a 13, 14-year-old, like, what, what is this? Yeah. This, this is not right.
1: No, it, it's, it's um, not It's not right, and it's good to see that now the attitude is, is changing, and it's changing rapidly.
0: Yeah, I... <laughs> I'd I'd like to think so. Mm. Um, You know, definitely. You know, the women that are, you know, standing up and speaking out and um, not being ashamed. You know, that's that's awesome to see. And especially with the women being involved more in the game now, um, it it was crazy. Like I went over overseas for three years, and when I came back, um, you know. There was a women's league that I didn't even know about. Yep. Uh, there were, you know, women having their own shows, like, um, like, it's kind of like the Footy Show. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure
1: what that show is called. Oh, that, but, uh, the League Life. League where Life. Where it's got the, four, That's what it's the Yeah, the panel of the four girls
2: that Yeah, the yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then Aaron, so, Aaron, was
1: the the Footy Show host as
0: yeah, well. So, yeah, exactly so you know that that's that was awesome to see and so you know these women um you know being powerful and you know they've been sort of behind the scenes playing a massive role within the game now they're sort of in the forefront doing
1: their own thing. just on you know you said your dad obviously of tongan heritage what's your thoughts on on the 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 boys currently now that uh deciding to go against the big money of Australia or New Zealand, and representing the heritage, like Fafida and Tamalolo.
0: Yeah, I've I've spoken to a few other boys about it, um, not to the actual players, but to former players like yep. Eddie Mason, yep. players like that. And I, I think if we were in that position, we'd probably do the same thing. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's not only great for the game. But you know for what it does for the community, and you've seen it. Yeah, you've seen it firsthand. How how they, well, you, c- how you look, they celebrate. look
1: at it. It was a New Zealand home game, and it, it was a red sea in the yeah. crowd. It was it was crazy. Yeah, for
2: sure. Yeah, especially at their light card as well. You know, the, the, over the last few years, it's just packed out with you know with Islanders there, and even the even the white fellas get down hand and They throw on a Samoan or, or a Tongan shirt. I, was, I, was <laughs> that. I saw that. I saw that on the weekend. Um, <laughs>
0: No disrespect to anybody, but yeah, there was a white boy there he might have been um, Samoan, but he was wearing a he was wearing a blue jersey. Um, yeah, represented. So it's good to see, and you know, for for those boys, you know, Jason Tomalolo, one of the best in the game, um, if not you know the best lock in the game, um, to put his hand up and say, "I want to represent my my country." Yeah, and then all the boys, you know, following. To it's now
1: Marty Tapow has done it for Samoa. Let's hope that the the floodgates open there as well. Yeah,
0: it's
2: um, It's only going to grow the international game because it's just been New Zealand versus Australia, wasn't it? And when the Poms come over, it would just be another contest now. But now you're like Tonga beat in New Zealand in the World Cup 2017 and it's just growing and growing.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, and I just hope that it gets to a point where these boys are getting paid as much as the other players I think that's a big thing
2: at the moment where, you know, these boys are getting paid, I don't know. I saw a stat in the 2017 World Cup, was that Australian players got 30000 a game and the Tonga players got 800 bucks a game. Yeah. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, no, it's got, it's got to change and I, I believe so in the next t- TV deal, when they add a bit more international games into it, I think.
0: They,
2: they'll, they'll get it bigger you have to yeah 100% Arthur Beatsen mate um, I've heard <laughs> that he scouted you um, and you, before you signed your first you know, contract at Parramatta how was this moment
1: <laughs> <laughs> or, is he, or is this a Wikipedia lie
0: <laughs> uh, a lot of people have said that and a lot of people have asked me about that um, you know and I love Artie uh, rest in peace to Artie but If he signed me, then I would have been, I would have have debuted at the Roosters, but I'd go to carnivals, you know, and I'd see him and we'd have a chat, he'd he'd give me Roosters gear. He came (laughs) to Sherbrooke one time and came to my house, Um, you know, we had lunch there and I was waiting for the, I was waiting for that, you know, (laughs) tap on the shoulder with the contract, but it, it never did come and um, I wasn't meant to be. Uh, The person that scouted me was just, I happened to be playing just a local game up in in Sherbrooke and there was a Parramatta scout in the stands watching the game. He called Noel Cleal, and he said, "Uh, you might want to look at this young kid. Uh, Later on that year we had a, a school tournament up in Cairns, and JT played in that. Um, Cam Smith played in that as well. And I played for Wide Bay, but I was, I got, I got picked as prop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a prop. And so, and I, I, I be, the only reason I played prop for Sherberg was because I was the biggest. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, you go up there and you see all these Murrays running around. They're all tiny and <laughs> they're quick, so they just put me. I played prop, but yep. I used to run out wide, like a centre. But I got picked for Wide Bay as a prop, and I think Noel Cleal saw that game and didn't rate me. Yeah, um, and you know I don't blame him. And but because I had a scholarship with Parramatta, he said that he'd bring me down just to, just to give me a trial. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, he said that's the least that they can do and came down, had a trial. I think I played 20 minutes of a trial. Um, and that was the very last trial with the, before they picked the SG ball team. And they read the whole team out. My name didn't get called, but about half an hour later a guy by the name of Kev Wise comes over and asked me if I'd moved down here, if I could find my own accommodation. Yep. And without hesitation, without calling Mum and Dad, I just said yes, no. <laughs> I'll move. And knowing that Mum and Dad would, would support that because they knew how hard I, I worked and how bad I wanted it. So uh, we had family friends that lived out in Mount Troy yep and yeah my first year in Sydney living out of Mount Druitt and (laughs) learning how to catch trains and buses and yeah it was going from a a little country town of 1200 people to you know the The hustle and the bustle of the city yeah um yeah that was that was the start of it
1: all right yeah so we're going to ask you that a couple of guys wanted to know or wanted to uh ask you about the Mount Druitt stuff and you just answered it there so quickly before we move on, you know, Mount Druid, you lived in, in Hebersham? I
0: lived in Hebersham, yeah.
1: Yeah, and so you used to go down and catch a train into Parra and do the in the Parra?
0: Yeah, uh, so it was either you had to get a job, yep. um, or the other option was to go to TAFE, mm-hmm. and back then I wanted to go to TAFE, so... The TAFE was at Quakers Hill. Yep. And I remember the first day I went there, um, there's a school uh, next door to it. Um,
1: it's Terra Sancta. College? Terra Sancta. Yeah. That's it,
0: yeah. And I was only speaking about this the other day. Um, I remember seeing the girls at Terra Sancta. <laughs> 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 I'm not going to lie. I remember seeing the girls at Terra Sancta and this is coming from a kid that um, went to school with, you know, maybe 200, 250 students. And when I saw the girls that went to that school, I went back to Parramatta and asked, you know, if I could repeat year 12. <laughs> <laughs> when you're uh, When you're in Queensland, you're only 17 when you finish year 12. Yeah. So... Um, I was thinking I've got another year where I could, um, I'll be still, I'll be the same age, and you can better and, your education yeah, too. Yeah, well, that wasn't my thought process so <laughs> no, better, exactly. better at No, exactly. <laughs> Getting, Getting a couple of birds. So as yeah, <laughs> so soon as I saw them girls, um, and that was that. That's the honest truth. But <laughs> they wouldn't allow that because Sancta was a rugby league school, and they thought that. It would be too much rugby league uh, yeah. during the week. I think they played a game on a Wednesday or something like that and then you'd have to back up and play on the weekends. Yeah,
1: the old and the old Arrival Life Cup, which yeah, is now the GIO yeah. Cup. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. And so um, I, at the time I didn't see why I couldn't play because I was I was on the bench for SG Ball coming on as prop. Mm-hmm and you know i i don't know whether they could see something that um they could see they could see more but they just wouldn't let me let me go to school ended up going to tafe uh started, um certificate a cert for in uh youth work which i regret- regretfully didn't finish but you know, that's something that I'm still looking into. Um, yeah, and so that yeah, that was my first year. Um, awesome. Going to TAFE and, and studying in that.
2: So Brian Smith gave you debut in NRL. Um, tell us how you found out what the week was like building up. Who gave you a jersey and you, what do you remember about it?
0: I don't remember too much, to be honest. Um, I remember that he just... He called... So he... <clears throat> It was crazy. Like that first year, two thousand and one, I went from SG Wall to to Jersey Flag, which I didn't I didn't start in any SG Wall games. Um, I came off the bench playing prop. Went to Jersey Flag, uh, came off the bench. Cup, the first couple of games played back row, and then I started, and I played seven games all up in. In uh, Jersey flag and then a center got injured in reserve grade and then one of the guys came up to me goes is your preferred position center and I said yeah and so they put me up <coughs> in the reserve, reserve grade, grade and a couple of games into reserve grade <coughs> Brian Smith calls me and I'm still 17 and he says he's gonna put me up with the big boys and I remember that phone call like it was yesterday and I remember my heart Just started racing, and that week I went to training. Uh, um, Didn't say boo, didn't say a word, you know, because I was just in awe Mm. of the boys that were there at the time. uh, Nathan Haymarsh, you know, Michael Butner, you know, Jason Moody. Those are the boys that I'd be playing with, and he's like. Willie, if you if you want to play, you've got to talk. Yeah. You know, I, I still wouldn't. <laughs> um, so a year goes past. um my gets picked in the state of origin. And he calls me up and says that he wants to put me in first grade. And I don't remember much... I don't remember anything of that week, to be honest. I don't remember... Um, Getting out of the jersey. <laughs> I don't remember the phone call. But I just remember uh, running out, forgetting my mouth guard. had to run back. <laughs> grab my mouth guard, ran out. And because we were receiving the kickoff, we were the first ones out. And we were all sort of set up. And then, then the roosters ran out. So you had Freddie... Leading the team out and seeing him, and then being a Canberra supporter when I was younger, I saw Brett Mullins. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Playing for the Roosters, and I thought, wow, this is really happening. You know, like all that hard work sort of is, is starting to pay off. And I don't remember too much of the game. I, I know that it was a it was a draw, twelve-all draw, but. Um,
1: so when Brian gave you the call, when you, when you got off the phone to him, did you ring your parents straight away and tell them that yeah, you you, you finally made yeah, it? Yeah, I,
0: I rang I rang mum and dad straight away. Um, dad, I knew that he was he was proud. Yeah, he, he would have played cool <laughs> to a call and down with I know my mum, she had tears of joy because she knew how hard I, I had worked and you know, waking up at 5 o'clock and going for those 6K runs. Yeah. Um, You know, she didn't understand at the time, but um, she could see everything sort of paying off at the
1: time. Did did Parra bring them down for your debut or did they watch it? No,
0: they didn't. They didn't. Um, They watched it from back up in Queensland, but I had um, some family that was down here that came to the game, uh, which is good.
1: So uh, 2004, you... Signed with the Bulldogs, what happened with Parramatta to and for you to end up at Bulldogs?
0: Well, they had Jamie Lyon and David Bailecki in the centres, and they're both they were both international centres at the time. Yeah. And I couldn't get a crack. And for some reason, and to this day, I don't know why, but Brian Smith, he. It's like he had something against me. Yeah. Whether he was trying to just motivate me to be a better person or a better player, I'm not too sure. And I'd love to sit down and have that conversation with him one day and ask him why he he wrote me so yeah so hard. Um, and I remember going into his office and him saying, "If you leave Parramatta," You'll never play first grade at any other club. As soon as he said that, I walked out and I rang my manager and I said, "Let's do the deal. Yep. I don't care who's with. Let's let's get it done." And at the time, Willie Talau was still at the Bulldogs, so we we'll were speaking to other clubs. And then Willie Talau decided to go to Wigan. Oh yeah, Super League mm-hmm. and that opened up because Nigel had already gone to Cronulla yep so there was um,
2: a centre spot there yeah
0: there was a centre spot there and um, I said yep um, sign me up and
1: it seemed you signed in the right year didn't you <laughs> <laughs> the,
0: the script couldn't have been written any perfect um, so I'll see. signed there and uh, yeah, it was first one season. of those years that um, yeah. yeah, you sort of you
1: sort of pinch yourself, you know, to think that it actually happened. Yeah, well so you you are you, in your first year, you know, you win win the grand final and you win your M center of the year as well. So uh you know, that that, that talk that we had just before we came on and, and done the pod about, you know, coming back stronger from an injury, well someone gave you a point to prove they didn't you? even Brian Smith he gave you a point to prove by saying you go to another club, you're not gonna get another first grade berth and here you are at the end of two thousand and four, a premiership winner, daily M centre of the year, yet he told you you weren't gonna play again.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> that was a massive motivation. But even going back further than that, you know, back when I was waking up at five o'clock, six o'clock and going for those <coughs> runs, I'd have people ask me, you know, why am I doing that? Mm. Um, you know, like I'm, I wasn't even as good as the te- the boys that were in my team. Yeah, and they they didn't see what they didn't see what I wanted. They didn't mm. see my dream, and so you know, people would laugh at me. People would say that you know I wasn't good enough, and it got to a point where I remember I. would going for these road runs but if I saw a car you know coming my way I'd hide behind a tree because I I didn't want them to be seeing me um, running you know early in the morning because they'd probably just laugh as well and so that was another that was something in the back of my mind that sort of drove me to want to be a better player um, Mm -hmm to want to succeed and you know i was able to play in first grade and prove them wrong and so i guess the next step for me was to try and prove brian smith wrong when he said that i wouldn't play first grade at another at another club
2: so um tell us, tell us a bit more about that um incredible bulldog side of
1: 04
0: uh, yeah, <laughs> what would <do> I know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> we <were> just <laughs> so you obviously had both anaster, SSBW. Yes, yeah,
0: it's it's funny. It's uh.
1: So us
2: about the was he injured or suspended? Pricey was he? Suspended? No, he's, he's like, injured. He injured. injured himself. And then JT come in and gave
0: him his ring. And, yeah. And in did you know? Funnel.
2: Did you know about that? Or he was going to do that if he if he won. No, no. I, I, I I didn't even know
0: that it happened. happened. Yeah. I so much is going on. I Yeah, you're just in your own little world, so your own yeah, zone.
1: Find your family, celebrate with your family. Yeah,
0: like, I, I didn't even know that happened until, I don't know, when I sobered up about a week later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's just the type of person JT is. Yeah. Um, you know, going back to you know the Bulldogs, I, I remember the first day that I walked in, I, I could just... I could I could feel that it was just the I could feel the um the vibe in the joint it was just a different place to what parameter
1: more upbeat uh, Everyone's yeah. kind of talking
0: they we had to go there like the new signings had to go there on a on a on a Wednesday so oh, yep. they had mad Monday they got I think they got beaten by the Roosters you know three is that is that correct
1: the dogs yeah. The dogs are
0: in, leading. In the, you know, 3 in the
2: preliminary.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, because then the Penrith beat them in the final. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay, so they got beat by the Roosters and then they had their Mad Monday. The new signings, myself and Jamal Alessi had to go there on a Wednesday. So I'm sitting there by myself. Um, the only person I knew was JT mm-hmm. and that's because uh, we played um, New South Wales on the 19th together. Oh, yeah. And... I remember he was the first person that came over to me, and he walked in and he was he was blind. He stumbled <laughs> in drunk. This is the Wednesday. <coughs> they had <happen, laughs> two days after Mad Monday, and he's still blind. <laughs> but he he saw me and then you know, you know gave me a big hug, and then Rennie Rennie Matua came over and introduced himself, and he and I sort of you know, clicked and you know, kicked it off and everybody came over except one person. And I don't know,
1: do you
0: want to Yeah? I guess, guess, guess. didn't come over.
2: Come on. No he wasn't there was he? No. Nah. He was
0: no.
1: Luke Patton? Nah. No. No.
2: Nah, it was
0: Mason. Mason. Uh, oh okay, yeah. Eddie Mason. <laughs> <laughs> he um <clears throat> And I found out later the reason why he didn't come over was, so I played in the in the residence origin that that year as well for New South Wales, and we got pumped by Queensland, and you know I I class myself as a Queenslander. I didn't want to be there. Yeah. You know I just I played because I didn't want to. Um, be training with Brian Smith, to be honest. Yeah. And so I went there, you know, a week away from Brian Smith, yeah. Like, you know, give me that any day. And I remember I asked him why he didn't come over, and he said he was that angry, like, because he was playing in the main game, he came out and watched a bit of the first half, and I played like shit. (laughs) (laughs) And, And he said, Series we signed this guy for Vanina and Ulitala. they were both two internationals, and um, so he didn't rate me. And um, yeah, it, it took a while for him to come around. To come around, but he was the only person that didn't come up. And you say proved
2: that. him wrong in the center of the year. <laughs>
0: Kevin Moore, mate. What'd you, what did
2: he teach you as a player, and as a person?
0: Kevin Moore, he. I never got coached by Kevin Moore. Uh, he was never the head coach yeah. um, while I was there. He was, was more always a... Foxy. Oh, oh yeah, Foxy, yeah. yes, yes, So he
1: was more of a background yeah, no, he was still yeah. in the picture? Yeah.
0: Um, he was the assistant coach um, yep. all the way up until um, you know, he took over Foxy, but um, for, for the time that I was at the Bulldogs he was always assistant coach and you know What
1: about what about Foxy, obviously, you know. Great, great, great person. He, after he finished rugby league, he went over and started helping the um, the West Indies cricket team as well. So, yeah. as a, as a coach, he, he really strived. That was he was he different to Brian Smith?
0: Yeah, the total opposite.
1: He could crack a joke, laugh, fun, have fun times, and whatnot. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it
0: was hard to hard to crack a joke with, or you know, to to make laugh, but. At the the Bulldog mentality was: you train hard, you play hard, and if you back yourself and um, and you're confident within your ability, then he's all for it. He'll support it, and um, you know he he wasn't the smartest coach, but he he knew that if you worked hard, then you know that'll transfer <laughs> out onto the field.
1: So to, to top off your 2004 year, and we just spent a good chunk of talking about how, how good you did for your club football, you are also chosen to go and um, make your Tri-Nations debut for the Kangaroos. So what was it like being in camp with the likes of Petro, Badiris, Minichello, Craig Wing and, and the rest?
0: And, um, yeah, it's...
1: <laughs> Another surreal pinch yourself moment? Yeah.
0: And, <laughs> like I, I, I still find myself... Thinking about those times because it, it seems like a different lifetime yeah it really does and um, with how many ups and downs I've had you know throughout my rugby league career like some of it seems surreal it really does so being on that tour it was it was an eight nine week tour so long time yeah it was a long time but you know we everyone bonded. We we got to know each other really well. I was the youngest there, so everybody sort of took me under their wing.
1: Who, were you, who were you rooming with? Do you remember?
0: Yeah, Brent Tate. Oh, nice. Yeah, Tatey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I felt bad because he was the incumbent Senator, yeah. Australian Senator, and I took his spot. So it was hard. Um, Sleeping next to him. It was hard <laughs> playing every game and, you know, him not, not getting a shot and you know I love Teddy and if if you're not playing then you're in this group that they call the emus yep so Billy Johnson um, was the trainer back then who was old school and so he'd take the boys out the night before a game yep and you have to get blind <laughs> and and Taddy wasn't even a big drinker back then. Yeah. But after that tour, he was an alcoholic. <laughs> but He, he um, like I'd be, <laughs> I'd be have a test, you know, the next day, and he'd come stumbling through the door, <laughs> at two or three o'clock, um, you know, jumping over me and um, all this stuff. But yeah, it was it was an awesome experience.
1: And to cap it off. Yeah, you know, 44 the four win over Great Britain in the final, and you score a double. Yeah, um,
0: yeah that, was, that was special. It, it really was. Um, it was Old like Trafford. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I remember Wayne... I, 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 he and Lockie were talking about not picking me um, for that game, and I, I don't know what changed their mind, or I don't... I, I didn't have a conversation with them to try and change their mind or anything, but um, they ended up going with with me on the less in the less centers. Um, and yeah, I ended up, you know, jagging two tries and yeah, it was <laughs> one of those games to, to remember for sure. So two
2: thousand nine sign for you deal with the cowboys. Why'd you leave Belmore? I
0: felt that I felt that I was at a crossroads. To be honest, I'm only I'm only 25 at that time, but it was injury after injury. I had um, knee surgeries. um, I just had a shoulder reconstruction, and I was questioning whether I'd ever get to to be able to play at that level again. You know, Queensland or Australia, and I thought a change would be good for me and if I am going to, to go somewhere, you know, there's no better place to go to than to play outside of Jonathan and, and Matty Bowen, oh, him, you know, yeah. them two were lethal, like, that combo was, was electrifying. It was crazy. Um, yeah, just to, like, I not I never used to watch rugby league and i I still don't, but I'd watch the Cowboys just because they're them too.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of people watch
2: it just Did the dogs did the dogs want to resign you?
0: Yeah they did. Yeah. Yeah. But um that's that's how I really felt that
2: <clears throat> to go back home as well.
0: Well, not not really home because Townsville people don't realise that Townsville's as far away as what Sydney is from Brisbane. Um, it's still another um, over an hour flight. Yeah, um, so it wasn't really close to home, but I just knew that I had to get out of Belmore. It started to become, I believe, um, you know, toxic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, you know, getting involved in like going out partying. Um, and you know, not really taking the game seriously. And if I'm if I'm wanting to get back into their red jerseys, yeah, you got to. I had to knuckle down and you know get out of Sydney.
1: So obviously we've asked you how Brian Smith and your old folks as well as Kevin Moore. So Neil Henry again, another coach. Different tactics again, or much yeah, similar? Yeah, yet?
0: totally different. Uh, Neil Henry. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he was, he was pretty hard on me as well. Um, I think I remember having a conversation with Peter Parr and he was in negotiations with different coaches and he told me that they all said yes to signing me. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they decided on Neil Henry, they said, well, we want to sign Willie Tonga, what's your thoughts? and neil agreed and parry said well we we hear that he's a handful (laughs) and then neil henry said just sign i'll I'll deal with that (laughs) (laughs) so again yeah he he rode me hard but I, i didn't see it at the time but he was he was doing it for um Yeah, to make me a better player. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, I I was able to get back into the rep scene playing for Queensland, playing for Australia. Um, You know, coaching wise, very smart. Yeah. um, You know, tactically. um, Yeah. So um,
1: he obviously rode you uh, and rode Ben obviously pushing you the right way mm-hmm. better uh, better and differently than what Brian Smith did, as in, you know, probably the way you felt Brian Smith riding you was in a bad way, yet Neil Henry also, you know, rode you, but he yeah, yeah. rode you to push you in yeah, a better think, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
0: yeah, and I, I thought, you know, what, what's he got against me? But now looking back at it, you know, he he really wanted me to be um, the best version of me as a player yeah, and um, I, I didn't see that at the time and you know I, I had resentment towards him but you know that's that's done now and so um, yeah I was able to get back into the rep scene.
2: So just on that yeah he davies for Queensland 09 replaced injured or no, suspended Justin Hodges injured Tady um, what was it like, you know, playing uh, with, you know, alongside JT, Lockyer, GI, Slater and co? In that magic
1: run.
0: Yeah, it was totally different to when I, I debuted in 2004. So I, I debuted uh, for Queensland in 2004 and this, this time around they... They started their run in '06 or '06, like oh yeah. 06, six, seven, eight, So this was the fourth year mm-hmm. um, that they were going into that run, and I was uh, I was fortunate enough to come into that where it was just like a brotherhood. You, um, yeah, you know, I, I can't describe it. You know, playing for Mel, he's he's one of those guys where he's not. You know, no disrespect to Mel, but he's he's not the best coach, um, you know, tactic wise.
1: More like a man manager.
0: Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And you, you don't really need to be um, a coach that comes up with like these magic game plans because you've got players like JT, um, Cam Smith, Billy, Immortals, mate. Um, yeah. Future Immortals, but he he was able to bring the side together and it got to a point where when you put that jersey on, you don't want to let your teammate down, um, which you would call your brother, and you didn't want to let Mel down, um, and you didn't want to let your state down as well.
1: Any uh any funny stories that came out of the out of the camp there that you that, that sticks out as a big memory point that you you, you know, is on tough times you sit back there, you think about it and you have a good laugh about it.
0: Yeah, uh no. <laughs> I um I I told this story for the first time a couple of weeks ago, but so I just got I just got recalled back into the Queensland team after not being in there for five years yeah. and um, we got called in on a Tuesday night and myself and a few other boys broke curfew and we went out oh yeah and um, <clears throat> the next day we were meant to catch a bus to to the airport because the game was in Sydney. And I went out and the bus was meant to leave at nine o'clock. The next morning. I woke up at nine o'clock the next morning in someone's bed that I didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm I'm stressed and I'm like, okay, I'm I've done with. Daniel dash yeah like i I was never playing for queensland ever again so i look at my phone got missed calls from jt nate miles and um about 20 missed calls from steve walters the team manager (laughs) Um, i called him he's like where are you i just made up some some stories said just get to the airport so nate miles had left my my gear at the hotel that I needed to wear to the um on the plane, yep. So I went, I got some random guy to drive me to the hotel. <laughs> uh, um, I got my gear and then he drove me to the airport. To the airport. Um, and I, I don't. There's not many times where I've been that scared or that nervous before, but I remember walking in and it was Neil Henry, because he was his assistant, Mm -hmm. Uh, Billy Johnson, who was the trainer, um, and Mal. And I just remember walking in that room and I thought I was going back to Townsville, but Mal just said, go upstairs, join the boys, and um, I'll deal with you later. And yeah, with that, that week, you know, I've never felt pressure like that before, ever. Yeah. Um, because if if we lost, then that would have been my last game for Queensland ever. But now decided to stick with me, and we ended up winning that game. He was happy with the way I played, and I we won that game, and then won the series. Mm. And so um, he selected me the following year. Uh, because of because he was so loyal. If you'd done the job for him in the past, then he would select you again. He'd, he'd stick with you. Pick and so, stick is his old motto. Yeah, and so he he picked me for the next um, next four games, and then I, that's when I popped my shoulder, and um, that was my last game in 2011.
1: So 2012, you decided to come back to where it all started at the uh, Eels. What was the decision in returning to Parramatta at the time?
0: Um, <clears throat> uh, to be honest, it was it was Neil Henry. Um, yeah, it just goes back to you know he was he rode me hard. He was you know trying to push me, and I thought it was something that he had against me. But looking back at it now, it was just him trying to make me a better player, and. Um, it's something, you know, that I regret and I'm going to have to live with, um, you know, for the rest of my life, but, you know, Parry wanted me to stay at the Cowboys and retire there. Yeah. Um, you know, that would have been ideal, but I, I left because of Neil Henry and, and Billy Johnson and, um, thinking that they, they had it in for me when, when it really wasn't the case.
1: Okay.
2: Ricky Stewart told you that um certainly your future wasn't certain at Parramatta. How did that make you feel? <sighs>
0: um, uh, he didn't say it was uncertain. He he told me straight up, we didn't want me. Okay. Um, he, okay. He and he was trying to chase Israel. oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, I went into, I went into Ricky's office and asked him, you know, what, what it is that, um, why he didn't want me in his team. Uh, he told me that he thought I was all about partying and I I didn't really uh, put the team first. Saying that I, I did come back from Bali with um, a few tattoos and my hair tied along. sun <laughs> 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 shading. Yeah, um, and yeah, that didn't help. But um, I, I told him that I wasn't going anywhere. If he wanted to put me down in to reserve grade, then you know I'll I'll accept that. Um, but it took me to win Sticky Over. It took me to have to knuckle down and, you know, train my ass off. And I did that and, um, you know, I gained his respect from there.
2: So injuries weren't that good for you. Um, we did talk off off podcast about the injuries. But what has your body gone through, mate, in your in your career? Um,
0: I've had eight knee operations. I've had... Uh, Three shoulder rape operations, two um, reconstructions on my shoulders. Um, I've had my jaw done. I've had surgery on my back, um, which I was told, you know, I'd, I'd never play again, and that again. you motivated, yeah? Yeah, the doctor told me that I'd never play again, and. Um, I wanted to prove him wrong, and uh, <laughs> I was able to play an extra three or four years after that. Um, and my bicep—I had my bicep done as well. Okay. Um, so yeah, 14, 14 operations, I think. In sixteen yeah. years. In sixteen years, yeah. Crazy. So
1: so 2015, you know, you f- you leave the NRL, fly over to the Super League. Uh, yeah played with the Catalan Dragons, Lee and Bradford Bulls. Mm -hmm. What's the game over there compared to over here? Yeah, like the differences in in the game, like speed-wise, because you see a lot of NRL boys, they all head over there for an extra couple of years, and even some of the younger boys now, like Jackson Hastings and that, they're going over a bit earlier now. The game different over
0: there, or is it? It, It's it's very different. It's a lot more slow. in saying that, the, it can be, some games can be more physical because the game is slower. Yep. So, you know, they're slowly rocked down and um, and because of the fields as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a very slow pitch. Um, you know, some of the fields that you play on, you, you don't even think that you're playing at a professional level. That's how bad it is. Um, and the school level is is nowhere near what the NRL is, um, and that's just being honest.
1: How do you how do you rate the, the the current crop of Englishmen that are that are playing in the NRL like John Bateman, uh, Josh Hodgson, the Burgess boys? Do are they are they a different crop to the to the other boys that are over in the oh, Super for League? Oh,
0: sure, yeah, they 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 belong here in the NRL, definitely. Um, I only. I went to Canberra last week and I went down for a dinner and myself and Brett White uh, were the two guest speakers and Brett White, who is assistant coach to to Sticky, said that John Bateman is one of the best players he's ever seen.
1: a pretty so big accolade that's, that's a massive that's work. massive from he said, from whitey yeah. yeah
0: yeah he said that um he said that cooper Cronk is probably the best player that he's played alongside yep um you know fair enough yeah. yeah he said after it's all said and done he believes john bateman will be that person no nice. massive raps that's massive raps. a massive yeah, that's rap. crazy That's crazy. i know you know i've played a lot played against him sorry um, oh. in abatement Yeah. Uh, he was um, he was overseas but yeah for for Whitey to say that that um, that just goes to show you know how much he offers you know Campbell Raiders and, and what he can do um, not um, not on the field as well but how he leads off the field yeah um, which is massive
2: Um, toughest player to play with
0: and against Uh, toughest player to play with. Um, yeah, that's a hard one. Um, I could...
1: Name a handful if you have to, if, if there's a lot that are kind of on that thing.
0: <laughs> well, it, it depends what angle you come coming from, really. I mean, J T he's not small, but he's he's one of the toughest players that I yeah. played alongside because of the hits that he takes week st- in, week out and still gets and up. Still gets up. Yeah. Like that that's tough. And um and he did it for over three hundred games. Yeah, like at the top level, you know, Cam Smith, like fifty tackles
2: um, a game, eighty minutes. Yeah. The that's,
0: that's tough. Yeah. You know? Like I, I don't even think I've gotten in the double digits in tackles
1: <laughs> <laughs> in the game. In the game. So toughest, you know, toughest player against So uh, someone that's you've run at in the future and you've gone, oh, I'm not running that in again.
0: <clears throat> <clears throat> uh, <clears> throat> throat> I remember. The eldest Burgess' brother, Tom. Tom.
1: Oh, Tom. Oh, no, Luke. no, no, Luke. 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 Luke.
0: yeah. But yeah, I remember running into him from Dummy Half on time. Mm-hmm. He hit me that hard. Um, yeah, I I saw stars and I thought, um, one, I didn't even know who he was. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when, um, I think, you know, Chris and I was playing for South at the time and he saw my eyes sort of, you know, rolling or whatever all over the place and he just laughed. He said, yeah, don't run straight at him. Um, yeah, so it'd have to be it'd have to be him.
1: What are your um what are your plans and goals for
0: 2019? Um Obviously. next week actually? Yeah. Yeah, next week I'm I'm moving to Brisbane. Um, you know, and that will be a
2: year after being
0: Akari. Yep. Um, is that all good?
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, it's all good. Yeah. Can only get to 60.
1: <laughs> can only get
2: to 60 minutes. Yeah,
1: longer. so, um, yeah, so yeah. final, final question. <laughs> Who's going to win the 2019 premiership?
0: Man,
1: I,
2: you know, watch I, much footy? I
0: don't, I don't watch <laughs>
1: footy. I, <laughs> yeah.
0: um, I, I have watched a, a, a few games, um, and it's it's hard to go past. Um, it's hard to go past Melbourne. Um, yep. For me, um, I don't know. They just seem to be able to do it week in week, week out. out. Six you know, points clear they, already. They, yeah, they they lose players, but you know, that, that Bellamy effect. Would you like yeah, to be coach, boy? I'd love to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I had I had a chance actually before was either the Catalans or
1: Melbourne oh yeah uh, yeah and <laughs> why I, <laughs> <laughs> was, was well, that, the, well, that the sliding that sliding sliding doors effect you know one way or the other
0: but, yeah I, I don't know south of France you know that's the feeling to me yeah 100% <laughs> um, yeah being, being like a two-hour drive from Barcelona right? yeah.
2: yeah awesome mate oh well, we'd like to thank Willie uh, for his time his hospitality it's been an absolute honour having you jump on our podcast, mate. Uh, opening up on some 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 interesting co- stories. Some interesting stories in your career. You know we're very grateful to be able to share those stories on on the final so whistle. Wish you all the best um, and safe travels. Um, you know when you fly up to Queensland, bro.
0: Appreciate it. Thanks,
2: boys. Preview round sixteen. Here we go. Only four games this week, ladies and gentlemen. Thursday, Dragons vs Storm at Wind Stadium. Last week, the Dragons got the win they needed to stay in the finals race, overcoming a disrupted preparation to beat the Cowboys in Wollongong. The Storm held off the Roosters last week to remain alone at the top of the table and will light their chances against a hot and cold Dragons outfit. Uh, obviously, lots of changes during the rep round um, So the Dragons, uh, halves Ben Hunt and Corey Norman, plus Tyson Vizel, Paul Vaughan and Tarek Sims are all out uh, due to origin duty, Dryfield, Darren Nichols, uh, will partner in the halves. Blake Laurie, Lattimore and Corbin Sims uh, all move from the bench to start. Um, Lulawai moves um, from the prop to the second row, and Josh Kerr, Mitch Allgood, and club debutant Pat Kafusi all join the interchange. Um, Tim Laffey returns, in, returns at centre and replaces Lachlan Moranta for the Storm. They're missing Chambers, Adokar, Munster, Welch, Gafusi and Dale Finucane. Um Bill Walters debuts at 5'8". Uh, Tino Fasamaluai on the bench and Simon Carter will make his club debut at centre. Sander Earl re- returns on the wing. Joe um, Stipson and Braden Smith and Nelson Asola Afar uh, Solo Femona uh, move into the starting pack, while Jerome Hughes is back at fullback, and Pepperhausen drops back to the bench. Um, then that extra man on the bench is Albert Vette.
1: Yeah, no, so um, I'm tipping the storm here. I reckon even with all those boys out, it's just that storm, that storm um, mentality down there, all for one, one for all. Um, bellyache has a, a unique way of bringing out the best of anyone. So it'll be good to see uh Solomon and Qatar playing there in the centres. Uh good to see Shendell Earl there as well. Be interesting to see how Billy Walters debuts there. I I I could have sworn that they were gonna put Cooper Johns in there after signing sign him up into the top thirty. But uh Billy Waters gets the, uh, the the nod there.
2: Awesome, yeah. I've picked the storm as well. Only on the only on you know, they've got Cameron Smith still there. Um and he'll be barking around um, they're forwards you'll lead them on on the front foot um, they've still got some quality that comes in also I'm happy for um, this Darren Nichols um, to get another shot in um, the, in the NRL um, we'll see how he goes um, there um, but like I said there's lots of lots of players like you look at what, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 10 Origin players you know not a part of this game so hopefully that they all turn out there at Wynn Stadium and um, and give it uh, give them their all and go from there.
1: And hopefully there's no accidents on the uh, M1 southbound or northbound so everyone can get there on top.
2: Awesome. So we go on the Friday, Tigers versus Roosters at Bank West Stadium. The Tigers scored a crucial win against the slumping Rabbitohs last week to stay one step ahead of a couple of the teams. They're josting out for a top 8 spot but they can't afford to put themselves on the, on the back with the Roosters waiting in the wings. The Chooks have lost four of their past five games and need to rediscover their A-game heading into finals, especially if they want to secure a top-two finish. Defence will have to be um, practised and preached all week after their 30-point thrashing with the Roosters around eight. The Roosters haven't handled the origin period as well as Trent Robson would have hoped, um, but they won't get any uh, respite on Friday night. Uh, against the Tigers' outfit at Bankwest Stadium. Uh, so, M. is only out for um, Origin. He's replaced by Momoroski. Uh, Momoroski is actually coming onto the podcast in a couple of weeks, so welcome back to the NRL, mate. Um, Alloway is sick, um, so he's in... His, he returns. He returns from illness, sorry, and uh, Oliver Clark makes way. Um, Roosters, obviously, they lose Teddy um, Cordner, but they welcome back Keery and and... Luttrell goes, he goes to the 5'8", Luttrell goes back to the centre and Manu replaces Teddy at the back. Ryan Hall's back on the wing for Matt Ikevalu. Um, Jared Hargraves returns at prop. Um, he'll partner alongside Zane Tanavano. Isaac Lou will go to lock. Nat Butcher goes to the second row uh, and Takeaho is out. Um, Lachlan Lamb, um, he's been named for the Bears and... Um, Tupanoa Tupanoa He returns onto the bench. Fifey in anything in this?
1: Roosters thirteen plus. That's all I gotta say.
2: Yeah, I don't. Uh, I am It's good to see m- Kiri back though. Good to see Kiri back. Um, they're almost at obviously at full strength here. The Roosters. Um, yeah. Um, if, if the Tigers turn up the way that they have the last couple of weeks, um, it could be another sh- shellacking there.
1: Latrell Mitchell, uh, hat off off the back of getting an early ball from Luke Kiri I reckon.
2: Well, there we go. On to the Saturday. Um, we have Knights with the Warriors at McDonald Jones Stadium. The shock omission of Dave Clemmer from Origin um, will give the Knights an an edge going into Saturday's clash with the Warriors at home. Um, though the Knights are likely to have Clemmer, they will still be missing a number of key players in Kalen Ponga. He's out with a calf strain. Tim Glasby and Safidi um, are in the origin decider. The 12th place Warriors will be looking to bounce back from last week's one point home loss to the Panthers and avoid their ninth loss of the season. So obviously the Knights, they lose uh, Safidi, Clemmer. Uh, sorry, Safidi and Glasby. Pong has ruled out as he was last week. Clemmer um, is named that lock. Um, but if Sims doesn't get off, he'll... He'll obviously um, go back down to New South Wales camp. Edric leaves out with a broken arm. Danny Levi returns from an ankle injury at hooker. So Watson goes to fullback. Kirkman goes to centre. Heimel Hunt goes to the wing. Uh, Gave will start at prop alongside um, Jacob Safidi And Sulo, uh, he's the new man on the bench. Warriors welcome back Isaac Luke and Lachlan Burr. And out goes Pulu and... Rocky, uh, he's out for the season with an ACL injury. Swifey.
1: Yeah, it's good to see Isaac Luke being renamed. Um, he should have never been dropped. He absolutely toyed with the Bears' um, side on the weekend. Four out of their six tries came off him, just starting out a dummy half and starting something. He is still in his um, good years. He's just bouncing around. Um, I said to him after the game, uh, sat there and had a chat with him after and said he should be in, in first grade and, and not in reserve grade. He, he's not a reserve grade player. He kind of just gave me that uh, cheeky smile and a nod knowing that he had, he had the similar thoughts. And uh, it's just, you know, as luck would have it, Nathaniel Ro- Roque or Roche, he's, uh, he's out of the knee, so he gives Isaac Luke another reprieve and I dare, t- I dare say he's going he's to give it a, a good shake-up. Uh, I tip this one to be a close one, and I'm just going nights in the close one. I just don't know how the Warriors are going to travel over here after that extra time defeat last week to the Panthers.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a good test for my boys. You know, no Ponga, Origin Stars out. Um, so it'll be a good test. You know, PC's got to step up again, steer us around the ship. This is a danger game for us, you know. Um, they'll say in the next three or four weeks we're playing size. So just outside the eight so they're all dan- they're all some danger games, but we can we can keep winning um, we'll cement our spot um, leading into finals um, final game Sunday Sharksworth Broncos at points bet Stadium anything Seabold could never have env- Envisioned what the Broncos are going through when he joined the club in offseason Seabold probably thought he was taking the reins of a top-four team, but Here we are, 15 rounds, and Brisbane are languishing at 14th spot with only five wins. It's anyone's guess how they will perform this week. The Sharks suffered a shock loss to the Bulldogs last week. it will be itching to get back out on the track against a struggling outfit in the Broncos with no confidence. Um, So Sharks lose, they only lose Wade Graham. Um, Kate Will comes in for him. Kyle Flanagan is caught up into the bench. Aaron Woods starts at prop after he got through. Last week's game coming off the bench. And Jack Williams um, um, started last week and he drops back to the bench. For the Broncos, um, Milford's out um, with a knee. Their talks, if he has to have surgery, he'll be gone for the season. Uh, And that will most likely be Broncos season gone there too. Uh, Richie Kenner, his shoulder, he's out as well. Corey Oaks, Fafida, Matt Gillette, Joe Hoff and Gowie all on origin duty. Uh, Darius Boyd returns to fullback. Uh, Jake Turpin... Um, will be at six. Um, this Herbie Farnsworth and Xavier Coates are both going to debut on the wings. Alex Glenn and Tom Flegger uh, and Pengai, uh, 11 12 and, and the lock. Um, Seguiaro, Reese Kennedy and Sean Fenson are the new names on the bench. Fifey, how do you think this is going to go?
1: Mate, uh, it's good to see those two young boys getting a start on the wings there. Xavier Coates is a talent and a half, and he's going to take the game by storm in the next couple of years. Um, I see the sharks bouncing back. Uh, you know, no one wants to be beaten by the, the potential wooden spooners, and they got upstaged last week by the Bulldogs, so they will have a massive fire in the belly. Uh, Reece Kennedy plays his first game after signing from South. Seguiaro's back in.
2: Sean Fenson's come back in from being injured.
1: Yeah, he was there last week. I'm pretty sure last week I saw his name in the 17 too. Uh, yeah. I've got Sharks by 12.
2: I reckon Sharks will give him a shellacking. I reckon Broncos um, are dead and buried. Um, Raiders, Dogs, Titans, Manly, Cowboys, Eels, Penrith and Souths. Or have the buys leading into round seventeen. That's us um on that's us um for the recap of
1: round um sixteen. So yeah guys just always again at the end we do our content mention. So we get all our stuff from uh NRL.com, New South Wales I CRL, New South Um uh, for our Facebook guys we get it from the NRO news site run by Ricardo. And we also get it from Serious About Rugby League. For more information, you can listen to our podcasts on the Anchor app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and we've just been added to Podbean for all you Podbean listeners out there. Uh, you can hit us up on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash the whistle RL. Instagram the whistle underscore RL is our handle. Uh, email us on the final whistle, RL at hotmail.com. Thanks for tuning in. Share our podcast between your friends and family. And remember, we have Brave Finaster on next week.
0: And that's the final whistle.